Hey everybody, and welcome to the Payments Podium. We've been doing a series that helps everybody understand and get more familiar with what we call payment associations in the world of electronic payments. They are critical to the backbone of keeping, well, payments moving. And today we get a focus on Westpay. And to focus on Westpay, we have the CEO, Bill Shoke of Westpay here with us. Bill, welcome to the Payments Podium. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? I am fabulous. Now, I don't know if you've ever listened to one of the podcasts, but the listeners already know what I'm about to ask you. And that this is a really important question. As we know, not many people go to preschool dreaming of being in electronic payments. There's not really many degrees out there even that focus on electronic payments. So the question is, how in the world did you end up working in the electronic payments industry? Um, it's probably a long story, but... Um... In college, I focused on, uh, I, I, I majored in government relations. And uh, when I graduated, I was looking for a career in um, the association field and um, was looking at doing some government relations and happened to find myself in this association called NACHA. And I uh, got my start there and um, sort of got bit by the bug and I've stayed in payments my entire career. So 30 plus years later, here I am. 30 years later, starting with NACHA, the National ACH Association, which exactly. does even more than just, you know, ACH nowadays. And now you're at Westpay. Can you help us understand who is Westpay? Yeah, yeah. Westpay is a trade association. Uh, we're a membership-based association. And as you said, we're focused entirely on payments. Uh, we're a mission-driven organization, and our mission is to build and share knowledge with our members to help them through their payments journey. So we've been around for a long time. Last year in 2022, we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Um, and we have a pretty colorful history. Um, here I am based in San Francisco, California. It is where our association was originally founded. And it also happens to be where the ACH network originated. Um, some of the first bankers in the country who um, developed the ACH network um, immediately went on to create our association so that we could help to develop um, adoption um, across the financial industry um, and ensure that this um, new payments network was going to be viable into the future. So um, we have a, a really interesting history, I believe, and it's one that um, has continued to evolve over the 50 years that we've been in business. Now, I know our AAPs out there are screaming, the SCOPE project, you know, the S-C-O-P-E, and when that took place, and that's where you came from. Now, you mentioned San Francisco. Um, is there like a general area that you are more predominantly serving or that we would be able to find your membership-based services? Yeah, so um, our headquarters is, as I said, based in San Francisco, as it has been since the start of the association. Um, but our members are... Um, primarily along uh, the western states of the U.S., the Southwest, the Mountain West, Pacific Northwest, and across the Pacific region. Um, but we have members in over 25 states in the country. We have a concentration of members um, in that area that I just described. Um, and our members are both businesses and financial institutions. So you do serve businesses as well. It's not just financial institutions because I know a lot of people here, payment association, they go, that's just for the credit unions and banks but you can work with some businesses. Can you give me a couple examples of maybe what types of businesses that you're able to help? Yeah, yeah, about, and you, Kevin, the statement you made is correct. About 80% of our members are financial institutions. That was really the legacy of the association and it, it's where we got our start. 
Um, but we've had business members in our association for over 20 years. We have a business program that we call the Business Passport um, that is really designed to help businesses of um, uh, you know businesses that have an interest in payments. It's a core part of their of their business model. Um, to um, receive services as well. So we have a lot of fintech organizations um, that are members of our association, as you might imagine, um, where we're located. Um, we have a lot of technology service providers as well. Think of core systems and other kinds of solution providers, um, third-party senders. Um, we have a lot of state government entities as well, um, treasurer's offices, universities, hospital systems that are, that are business members of our association. And the final category, um, I would say, would be large corporate senders of payments um, that need to stay in tune with what's happening in the payments industry and um, really value the kind of information that we provide to our members. All right. I love hearing how you really are expanding that reach on being able to help educate and keep people up to date on what's happening in the world of electronic payments. Because when everybody knows, it makes everything flow smoother. And I got to say, too, on the business passport, Pigeon sponsors the Payments Podium, and I have heard nothing but great things about being Passport members and what you were able to do to be able to provide businesses as far as being able to get in touch, network with other people, and get that education aspect as well. But one thing that really got my attention is you mentioned your mission, where you said you serve your members and your membership-based association, but you build and share knowledge on their payments journey. Okay, I got to know, how do you build and share knowledge on somebody's payments journey? Where, where does that journey even begin? Yeah, it's, it's really critical to who we are as an organization. It's really part of our DNA. Um, the individuals in our organization, we always um, refer to ourselves as uh, payments geeks. It's something that is in our bloodstream. And Kevin, I'm probably not telling you anything. Um, but um, we all are really passionate about payments. So... What we do on a day-to-day -day basis, we believe it is critical that we stay up to date with the latest um, things that are happening in the payment space. That is part of our building knowledge. Um, and then we share knowledge with our members in all the services that we provide. So we make that a really um, central part of um, the yin and yang that we have with our customers is we try to take in everything that we can around what's happening in the payment systems distill it, and then feed that back to our members in a way that we think is going to be useful and very relevant to their business. I love that you mentioned Payments Geek in a very positive way and the passion too. I think of Jim, I think of John, I think of Patty, I think of Angie. Your entire staff, I mean, they're inspiring when it comes to, hey, I want to learn more about payments and the knowledge that they have to be able to share. You mentioned though some of those services. What would some of those services be that you actually offer? Yeah. Um, we have a wide range of services, um, and we list the services that we deliver directly to our members in three different categories. Um, the first is information services, is and that is just exactly what I described previously, is when we take in information, we distill it, and we feed it back to our members in ways that are useful to them. Um, sometimes that means um, podcasts like this. Sometimes it means toolkits. Sometimes it means... Um, payments alerts, sometimes it means um, briefings, um, but we have a, a wide range of services under the information category, but it's really about keeping our members updated. Um, the second category is education, um, and we provide over 250 education sessions every year. And it's really, those are designed to help our members expand their skills and their knowledge around payments. 
Um, Wait, you said two hundred and fifty a yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. We have a we have a very busy team um, that are pulling these together. So we do two hundred and fifty unique sessions every year um, for our members around a wide variety of payments. Of course, ACH is a big part of that, but we do check, wire, instant payments, P two P payments, as well as a lot of related topics like risk, uh, risk management, fraud. Um, emerging technologies, um, all, all of these issues that are really critical to our members' payments business. Um, and we want to make sure that they have the knowledge to, that they are going to need to you know, grow and expand their payments businesses. Mm-hmm. The, third card, the third category is what we call advisory services. Um, and that is sort of um, just the day-to-day support that we provide to our members um, around what's happening in the regulatory and compliance space. Um, we provide a wide range of audit and risk services as well as consulting services um, as part of um, what we categorize as advisory. And then there's also a fourth category, um, which isn't something we deliver directly to our members, but we do on behalf of our members, and that is advocacy. Um, we work a lot with national rulemaking organizations as well as regulatory bodies and making sure that the unique members uh, or the unique needs of our members here across the West are communicated to those those individuals so that as they're planning changes to regulations or the rules around payment systems, that they have the input of our members as part of that process. So you said three, we end up with four. You always go that little extra at Westpay. I just got to say, I love seeing that. Uh, I got a lot more questions though. You mentioned that podcast. Um, what's that podcast? Where would somebody be able to find that to be able to you know get some of this information? Yeah, it's called the it's it's got a similar name to yours. It's called the Payments Perspective Podcast by Westpay. And it's available really anywhere individuals get their podcasts today. So um, it can be found, subscribed to, and downloaded um, as part of an individual's ongoing development and learning process. Payments perspective, folks, go check that one out. Definitely worth getting to. Um Okay, and something else that you hit on too that I caught in there is when you're talking about 250 sessions, I'm still blown away by that. You mentioned a wide variety of types of payments you serve. I heard ACH, I heard P2P. If a bank or a credit union is becomes a member of yours, and I'm encouraging folks that you're if you're in that Western territory, you want to do this. What are the payment types that you'd be able to help them with? Because I know there's checks, there's wires, there's now Fed now. Can you give us a listing of the payment types you could actually educate and help them with? Yeah, I, th- I think you've touched upon most of them there, Kevin. Um, like I said, ACH checks, wires, P2P. Um, we've, we've done a number of sessions related to Zelle, FedNow, RTP. Um, we've had members of our organization that have been part of the RTP network since 2017 when it went live. Um, so we've been doing training on that topic. We've realized that this whole movement to instant payments is really critical. And we wanted to be plugged into that from the start. So um, it's an important part of not only the programs that we offer today, um, but where we believe our members are going to be going into the future. And, and we're hoping to um, be there ahead of them so we can help guide them in that, in that process. I might have some more questions on the education piece, but I want to hit that advisory services too. You said audit and risk. I, I know that's a huge topic for every institution out there. If it, when it comes to audit and risk, what types of audits risk do you actually offer? Yeah, so um, we do ACH audits and or risk assessments uh, for ACH, remote deposit capture, wire transfer, 
Um, we have a audit, or excuse me, a risk uh, review service for electronic banking. Um, we have a audit for RTP, which is the instant payment service offered by the clearinghouse. And we're working on an audit for FedNow, although it's not a requirement of the FedNow network. We're planning to develop a process based on our experience doing these. Um, and we expect that to be available to our members in 2024. Okay, I love that you're building something for FedNow. And like you said, it's not a requirement, but it's something that I agree with you from. And most industry experts will say it's something you still want to consider and probably should do. Um, and, and in consulting and some of the day-to-day -day support too, I've heard a lot of the associations have like the hotline, you know, people can call in and say, I got a problem with, I mean, one of those many payment types that you mentioned, and I need to know what to do. Can you give me some advice? Do you offer that type of service as well? Yeah, absolutely. We, and we call it a payments hotline. Um, and on an annual basis, um, we're fielding about 6,000 inquiries from our members. Um, on the payments hotline, and we do that via three channels. Um, uh, historically, our members used to always dial up the hotline, um, but increasingly our members are interacting with us through remote channels. Um, email is, is our second most popular um, channel for members to be uh, making those inquiries, and we also have a chat service available through our website. Oh, I bet that some people just love the chat. I have become a big <laughs> fan of that one. And, you know, it's just here real quick. I need this answer. Can you help me? Because there's always some urgency in getting some of this done. There's there's urgency. There's also sort of the back and forth, which I think folks really like, um, because typically when they get an answer, there's always a follow up clarification related to it. Um, and those inquiries, um, Kevin, that we get, you know, there's quite a wide range of it, actually about 25 percent of uh, the calls or the inquiries we get to our payments hotline are related to check. Um, so it is, you know, we have some folks here that are um, nationally recognized in terms of their check knowledge. So we do a lot of um, information and a lot of support of our members um, around exceptions and returns on the check side, um, which are really valuable to our members. Um, but, you know, you know, a lot of those questions are really about an operational issue that our members are experiencing they're either unsure of what to do in that situation because it's an unusual situation, or they think they know the right answer, but they just need a second opinion and they're looking for um, uh, you know, that, that knowledgeable expert that's going to give them the assurance that they need to move forward. If I'm hearing right, what I understand then is people can call in with a problem and you can basically, and I bet in a lot of cases, save them a lot of money, save them a lot of headaches, and help their financial institution to help their account holders look better and work the way things are supposed to work. Absolutely. And the other thing that you didn't mention was we save them a lot of time. Um, you know, how many times have members pulled out the rule book, they sat down, they spent maybe an hour reading that same passage back and forth and end up saying, I'm still not sure that I understand exactly what is meant by that. Um, so a quick call and assurance from somebody that has probably handled this question many times in the past. Um, it's not only something that is very convenient for our members, um, but it also gives them a very high level of confidence in their day-to-day -day operations. Yeah, I love that you brought up the rule book because I hear a lot of people are like, if I need to sleep, I'm going to read the rule book. <laughs> However, I know that payments geeks love reading the rule book. 
In fact, I believe one of your staff members travels with his rule book and takes <laughs> pictures everywhere he goes with it. I mean, John at least used to do that. Is he still doing that? I think John still does that. And I think if you uh, are, are lucky enough to be one of his friends, friends on Facebook, you would probably know some of those uh, photos that you're talking about. In case you're wondering, folks, John Curtis, he's on LinkedIn, too, if you want to get in touch with him. He really does. He travels with his rule book because he, he is that passionate about payments, just to give you an example. Um, that advocacy thing, though, I want to hit on it for just a second. I, I've gone through and tried to explain the rulemaking process because people are like, it takes so long or how do things actually get done? And if I heard right, which, part of why it can take a while is what you do is you provide representation for the members in your territory. So do you like actually talk to them and say, we heard this rule is going to happen. Can you tell us what you think or how it's going to affect you so that we can make sure that gets communicated? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, most rulemaking bodies have a period that they call the notice of proposed rulemaking or a request for comment or request for information. Um, and we have a really deliberate process that we go through. Um, we have town halls with our members where we do a presentation of what is being reviewed. Um, and we have conversations with our members directly in that way. Um, we also use surveys to reach out to our members and allow them to take a look at some of the changes that are being proposed and solicit their feedback. Um, and we also have one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, so we have a, a process that we go through um, in soliciting that feedback. And I'll give you a really good example of um, ways that WestPay has been really effective with that. In the very early days of um, same-day ACH, um, the cycles that were being proposed by NACHA and, and approved by NACHA um, were very early before business um, hours in the Pacific and Hawaiian Standard Time regions. Um, and we went to NACHA and said, hey, look, um, I know you're doing everything you can, um, but these processing windows really are not even applicable for our members. We need to push the envelope. We need to um, extend or introduce new windows that are going to enable our members to participate. And it wasn't after until you know the second or third iteration that we started having those processing windows occurring during the business day. And although that has then presented some challenges on the East Coast where you're extending beyond um, business hours, it was really just starting to enter the sweet spot of our members. So we felt that that was one area that we were very effective and ensuring that a rulemaking organization understood the needs of our members. Um, and we were the only organization that was out there I'm talking to Nacha about that. And it was interesting because that came up in conversation at one point. Nacha said, why are we only hearing this from you? Um, and we said, well, we're the only association that members are being impacted by this. But luckily, there were some large national banks that were um, communicating the same kinds of issues. So it quickly became um, a point of, of uh, that Nacha dealt with uh, very effectively. What I heard from that, and I absolutely love, is it means everybody actually gets a voice. No matter where you are in the country, you're able to stand up on behalf of them and you made change happen. You were actually able to make change happen. Same day ACH has been a huge success, growing numbers every year. I would say you probably contributed to that too by representing your members. So good for you on that. Um, can we go back a little bit to the educational opportunities though? Uh, I'm sure you probably provide services in all of those. Um, you mentioned 250 unique opportunities. One thing I want to hear is I heard RTP, that's new, you know, something new, and not a lot of people are offering that, so kudos to you on that too. But what about this new FedNow thing? We're hearing all about FedNow. Can people come to you and get education on FedNow as well? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're doing we're doing quite a bit of education around um, FedNow, and um, one of the approaches we're taking at Westpay is um, because this is such a significant change in our industry. Um, we are doing town halls in which um, there is no charge to our members because we really want to make sure that the fundamentals of this new payment system are understood. Um, so we're spending some time educating our members around some critical issues they've told us were important to them. So um, we're doing one on the fundamentals of what is Fed now and how does this uh, system operate. We're doing one on use cases and how could financial institutions really focus on the needs of their members and their customers to ensure that this new payment system is executed in a meaningful way. And the third is um, a focus on fraud, which is something that our members have told us is a big concern for them. So we're doing a fairly deep dive uh, later this summer on instant payments fraud um, and talking to them about ways that as members are thinking about becoming sending institutions um, in the FedNow system, how they can protect themselves and their customers to ensure that um, this is done in a thoughtful and um, uh, in a way that really addresses the risks that are unique to the system. That is great to hear. Uh, you know, something else though I know that is important in payments is certification. Mm -hmm. And people need to keep up with all this new stuff that's happening, but it's also important to get certified because that helps to advance your career. Is there going to be any type of certification associated with FedNow or RTP that people could get that you'd be able to help them with? Yeah. So um, currently, one of the things that is available um, is a faster payment certificate. Westpay was actually, um, although the, this was an industry effort to come up with a faster payment certificate that involved a number of organizations. Um, to my knowledge, Westpay was the first association to offer the program. We launched our faster payment certificate program in January of this year. Um, and that was the first module. It is a three module program. Um, our second module will be available to our members in October of this year. And we're expecting the third module in the first quarter of 2024. So um, that is an important um, program that we're offering. Um, those 250 education sessions that I talked about earlier, um, uh, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing um, is part of those education sessions or in support of accreditation programs. We support the AAP, um, the APRP, the National Check Professional Certificate, um, as well as the Faster Payment Certificate. So it's, a, it's an important part of what we do on the education front. Um, and it really ensures, as I said earlier, that our members have the skills and the knowledge they need to appropriately manage their payments business. I love hearing that. And folks, if you're listening, you've heard on the professor several times, you want to advance your career, get certified. So those programs that Bill mentioned, AAP, APRP, NCP, Faster Payment Certificate. The more letters you have after your name, the more employable you will always be and the more you can protect your own institution. And Kevin, just, just one other thing that I can add there, if I could. Um, I, think that this, I think that the emergence of instant payments um, is a huge opportunity for individuals that are payments professionals within their organizations. Um, it will be probably just a matter of time and probably not a long time, you know, a few years in which we believe all organizations are going to be moving in this direction. If individuals become the go-to within their organization for instant payments and are the subject matter expert on that space, they're going to be getting a lot of attention within their organization and in a good way. Um, I think executives are going to be turning to them for more insights on how these um, these new payments networks can be used. They're going to be turning to them for um, 
help and support as they begin the deployment of the systems. So I think it's a really important um, career opportunity for payments professionals to really get ahead and um, be identified by executives within their own organizations. And you can get in at the ground floor and learn it while it's new and still somewhat easy before we complicate it over time. So I couldn't agree more. I mean, that is definitely, that's an endorsement I'm gonna use for with people as well. Now, one thing though with about these certificate programs and even faster payments is learning all of this. Sometimes it's keeping up with your accreditation and getting credits too. And I know one of the best ways to do that is conferences. You know, those are one of the best in-person events. There's a lot of different in-person events that people can attend. But when it comes to like conferences, can you tell me a little bit what you offer as far as conferences? Yeah, yeah. So um, we do three symposiums every year. Um, and this is something that has evolved over time. It's something that we are really excited about. Um, the first conference that we do every year is a fraud symposium, a really critical issue for our members. And although we have addressed fraud related issues over the years, um, it's now been four years that we have a dedicated conference specifically on fraud. Um, it's a full day event, it's virtual, and the, we do it virtual um, purposefully because there are a lot of individuals within our member organizations that don't normally travel as part of um, their business. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we were able to make this available to as many individuals as possible. Our second is a conference, which is our Hawaii Symposium. We do that every May. Um, we do that because a you lot said of, Hawaii, right? I, I did, Kevin. So, so, so maybe we can talk to you about that um, a little later. <laughs> um, but we have uh, members across the Pacific that um, it's you know a real challenge to um, travel to the mainland um, to attend a conference. So we take the conference to them, um, and it's a great opportunity for us to um, talk to our members in Hawaii, Guam, the U.S. territories across the Pacific about um, the latest happenings and payments. And you know, one of the things that we frequently try to do with that is bring some of our member experts um, from the mainland that have adopted some of these new pay payments technologies um, and deliver directly to our members exactly what experiences they had with it. Um, and then our marquee event occurs every September. This year it is September 12th and 13th. It's being held in San Diego. We call it our, our annual payment symposium. Um, it's a two and a half day event, um, one in which we really focus on payments strategy um, issues. Um, and as um, one of one of our members once said to me that they love the payment symposium, symposium because it always helps them to try to get a better picture of where payments are going. And I loved I, I love that description because that was really always our objective with the conference. Um, and to hear one of our members sort of, you know, speak it back to you is really affirming. I got to say, yeah, I, that gives me chills to think because that's what it's all about is it's not just where we are now and what we got to do, but it's also where we're going. Bill, you blow me away with the different things you're offering. I, I got to ask you, are there any additional you know, services or any additional things out there you would like to share? Yeah, uh, well, um, two things, um, and I think I've talked about it consistently, just what we believe to be the importance of instant payments. Um, as I said at the start, um, our association really has its legacy in the ACH network. Um, and it's something that many of us are still you know, very excited about and, and think has a lot of potential well into the future. Um, but the, the movement to instant payments is something that is a thread that connects a lot of the services that we offer. And from a strategy perspective, we are really evolving our association 
so that instant payments is something that is available in everything that we do. Um, so we are really gearing our association um, to be the same kind of subject matter experts in instant payment systems that we have been for some of these legacy payment systems. So when our members are ready to implement those networks, um, they don't even have to ask, where do I turn? Um, that they, they know they go to the same, same sources as they do for all their other payments information. So by that, with instant payments, if they need help building a strategy, if they need consulting on what to do, if they need risk assessments, they need audits, they got to you know, call the payments hotline. All of that's going to be available? Yeah, yeah. And it is today. Um, uh, those services are all available today. Um, I think um, we're probably doing on instant payments alone, I think we're doing about um, 25 different subjects over the course of the year focused specifically on instant payments. And that is going to continue as we talked about earlier about that faster payment certificate. Um, individuals are going to need to maintain that certificate through continuing education and we will be offering um, services um, that enable members to get sufficient continuing education credits to maintain that. Uh, but you also just mentioned something else that's really important to us, and that is consulting services. Something that we've been offering for, um, I think it is now six years, um, and we provide consulting services for our members around payment strategy. The movement to instant payments is a big area for us. Also, um, here on the West, we have a lot of credit unions. About 60% of our financial institution members are credit unions. And our credit unions have been increasingly offering business services and needing more support around the services and the portfolio of, of services that they offer to their business members. Um, and we have been um, a really critical partner for our credit union members as they made that change. And we're doing that through um, the consulting services that we offer. Um, so these are really sort of bespoke um, services that we're developing um, for members based on their individual needs. And it's an area that has enabled us to connect even more deeply with our members, a higher level of engagement, and, and honestly, a, a higher level of satisfaction um, because we're really helping them with some, some of their mission critical needs um, or strategic needs um, that their organizations are developing. Oh, fantastic. All right, I actually have one last question for you. Right. And the one last question I'd like to ask everybody is, seeing you be so successful in your career, I mean, there's no doubt you've been, you said 30 years you've been doing this. You're leading one of the largest, most productive payment associations there is in the country. What advice do you give to people to be able to help advance their career? And, and I got to know your answer because I also know WestPay has a leadership program where you take and select an individual, I believe it is, that you guys mentor, your leadership team mentors to help them improve their career. So, uh, Bill, for the people listening, what would you tell them, this is what you need to do to improve your career in electronic payments? Yeah, that mentoring program is really important to us. Thanks for bringing that up, Kevin, because, um, and we have been doing this now, I think for five years, it started before the pandemic. Um, and we as a team realized that we wanted to really give back to our members. And one of the ways that we can do that is by identifying a young leader and providing them the tools that they need to really take their career to the next level. And, and we've had some great success with that. Every year at our payment symposium, these young leaders do a presentation to our members. Um, and it is, even for those of us that have been in this industry for so long, it is just so encouraging to see new people that have really taken um, some key experiences and um, have that really motivate their careers. 
Um, in terms of from from my standpoint, the thing that I think was has been so interesting for me is the the range of experiences that I've had in payments. Uh, of course, as I said earlier, I worked at Notch and WestPay, both of which are associations. I worked at Citibank for a number of years, um, working directly with business customers on treasury management services. Um, and I spent 11 years at Visa as well, working on a wide range of, of card products. So for me, having that, that broad experience across a variety of payments channels has been something that has not only been interesting and continuing to motivate me in my career, but I think has just given me a very broad perspective on our business um, that you know, hopefully I can incorporate as part of my job and um, continue to evolve the services that we offer through WestPay for the benefit of our members. So I love that. Get the experience, get the broad um, perspective. So that's good stuff. Bill, I got to say thank you so much for being on today. For those of you who are listening, it's Bill Shoke. If you want to find him on LinkedIn, I know he's out there. I got a feeling too, if you go to westpay.org, you'd probably be able to get in contact with him. If for some reason one of those avenues don't work, you can always email me, kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. I'll make sure to get you in touch with him. And for those of you listening too, if there's a topic or maybe a speaker you think needs to be on the payments podium, email me, Kevin at PaymentsProfessor.com. I will do what I can to make sure that they get a chance to take the podium and present their views on what's happening in the electronic payments industry. But for now, folks, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.